Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, March 14th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about the aftermath of a wild weekend for banking and what went down yesterday, plus Chick-fil-A's plans for global chicken sandwich domination and a trend of people buying fewer gifts. What's that about? But first, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crackalack. All right, JC, what are you looking at today? Yeah, so first things first, the fallout from Silicon Valley Bank's implosion. Of course. I'll just run through what went down yesterday in the wake of a super stressful weekend, which saw the U.S. banking system seemingly teeter on a cliff, but then kind of be yanked back from the edge with help from the Fed. We saw regional U.S. banks kind of hustle out yesterday to tell customers to know that their operations are financially sound and that their deposits at the banks are stable and available. And this appears to be largely reliable and true information. President Biden made an appearance to let everyone know the U.S. banking industry is good to go and that customer deposits will be there when you need them. In the U.K., HSBC acquired Silicon Valley Bank's U.K. branch to help make deposits there whole and available, which helped the tech industry there ease up a bit. But also yesterday, some of these mid-sized lenders saw their stocks absolutely plummet collapse. I'm talking 50 to 80% in some cases, which kind of gives you an idea of investor sentiment around them. Some of these banks share similarities with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which was also shut down Sunday and that has had a significant focus on real estate lending and more recently cryptocurrency deposits. Even through all this, the broader S&P 500 actually only dipped just slightly buoyed by the banking system at large being essentially de facto bailed out and the expectation that now the Federal Reserve may slow its inflation-busting interest rate hikes, at least in the short term. Uh, another interesting thing I saw yesterday, items featuring the Silicon Valley Bank logo, basically corporate swag from Silicon Valley Bank, has gone up already for sale on eBay. I saw a Silicon Valley Bank mug going for $51 in a small cardboard box with the logo going for more than $200. The world of startup swag is a very weird place, JC. What else you been looking at? Yeah, so the other stuff I was following, Big Sky Balloons, which is the maker of this giant $10,000 scabby the rat inflatable. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it around New York City a few times. It basically is a rat that accompanies union protests. No way. Uh, they plant it on a truck outside different organizations, different companies. The company that makes them reportedly sold to a new owner that plans to actually stop making the rats. So we'll see how that impacts the scabby the rat industry. 
Also, Pfizer plans to acquire biotech company CGen, best known for drugs that target tumors, for $43 billion, assuming the regulators don't halt the deal. And lastly, Volkswagen plans to build a battery plant in Ontario as it expands in North America. By doing so, Volkswagen hopes to meet requirements that would make its EVs eligible for U.S. federal tax credits. That's huge. That's huge. And how about you? It also reminds me of something that I've been looking at. So Rivian is looking to end an EV van exclusivity agreement with Amazon. Mm. Sounds like this is a result of recent contract discussions. And for those keeping score at home, Amazon initially invested, I think, right around $700 million in Rivian. It's one of its biggest investors. And it pledged to buy 100,000 electric vans from the company to help support its climate commitments. Huge. But... Fast forward to recent contract talks and Amazon informed Rivian it wanted to purchase only 10,000 vans in 2023, which is on the lower end of the guidance that it previously gave. Rivian is already struggling. As the owner of a 17% stake in the company, Amazon should probably be willing to let them free of this exclusivity agreement just so they can get their vans into the wild more and drive that stake up a little bit. But we'll see how this one shakes out. It is interesting. It seems to be maybe one of the near-term cost-cutting measures Amazon is employing. I think I read that they're still kind of committing to that 100,000 number, but it looks like not going to reach it in the near term. Yeah, makes sense. All right, what else? So telehealth startup Cerebral is under fire for sharing over 3 million patients' personal data with Google, Meta, and TikTok. And the company claims this data got out through its tracking pixels. And listen to this laundry list of potential personal data that this could include. So it could include names, phone numbers, email addresses, birth dates, IP addresses, insurance information, appointment dates, treatment, And it might even expose answers to a mental health self-assessment on the company's website and app, Mm. which that's probably like the worst case scenario for (laughs) an app like this, right? It is, yeah. (laughs) I think it's probably like the biggest argument that Silicon Valley's ethos of moving fast and breaking things might not really jive with mental health. Like that that might not be the best way to approach mental health. I think notably, this isn't Cerebral's first controversy. The company came under fire for overprescribing ADHD medications like Adderall right. last year. So it's been kind of a tough run for Cerebral. Maybe it doesn't really make sense for these startups to handle people's mental health and all the fallout from that. The last thing I'm looking at, and JC, I'm super excited to get your take here. So Campbell Soup Co. says the big cheese of its snack division, Goldfish, is on track to hit a billion dollars in sales this year. Damn. As a parent of a toddler who is obsessed with Goldfish, I've gained a new appreciation for this snack aisle OG. It had me thinking, what is the pantheon of the best snacks? And I think Goldfish has to be in like top five, easily yeah, top sure. 10. I'd throw Cheez-Its up there. Where does Goldfish rank for you, JC? I'm big on Cheez-Its. Oh, yeah. I'd invest long on Cheez-Its. It's very interesting, these miniature cheese animal-shaped things. You got the Goldfish, you have the bunnies. I've seen dolphins. Yep. Goldfish are the best. And, you know, if you're getting weird, you can get the pretzel Goldfish. You can get the Parmesan Goldfish. They've got some weird flavors. Yes. All right, that brings us to today's story, JC. What is going on in the world of chicken sandwiches? Yes, so I thought this was interesting because I think a lot of people enjoy chicken sandwiches. I'm one of them. Yeah, that's easy to believe you're one of them because Americans ordered 2.8 billion breaded chicken sandwiches uh, in the last year. That's up 21% from three years ago, according to market research firm Circana Group. 
And Chick-fil-A is a big part of that. And despite, I guess, the mediocre flying capabilities of its namesake, Chick-fil-A is ready to take off international. How about that? So the company reportedly has a billion-dollar plan under its wing to expand internationally into Europe and Asia by 2026, according to the Wall Street Journal. Wow. Just some stats. In the U.S., Chick-fil-A has seen sales quadruple in the past decade. It's now the third biggest fast food chain by sales after McDonald's and Starbucks. Wow. It's 2.7 thousand U.S. locations, average $6.3 million each in 2021 revenue. That's around four times that of KFC and Popeye's locations, despite the fact that they're closed on Sundays. Unbelievable. I have takes here. So (laughs) Chick-fil-A is delicious. So I grew up in Dallas and there were Chick-fil-A's there. So they launched in 1967. They started in the South and Chick-fil-A has since infiltrated, I think, every corner of the US. There's one about 15 minutes from my house now in Massachusetts. And you literally cannot drive by this Chick-fil-A without there being a line. There is at least a line five cars deep every single time you drive by this Chick-fil-A. It's a very simple menu. Exactly. It's kind of like the in and out of chicken is how I think of Chick-fil-A. Right. Like, you know, In-N-Out has a super simple menu where they have like five things. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Chick-fil-A resonates with the rest of the world. A lot of people like chicken. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So let me ask you a question. Do you think gifts and gift giving, everything from wedding to birthday to bar mitzvah gifts, do you think that's going to be a thing in 20 years like it is today? Honestly, I kind of hope not because <laughs> it gets ridiculous. I'm past the age now where I'm going to a ton of weddings. I had a couple of stretches of summers where we had like six or seven weddings. And honestly, the gifting thing, it adds up really quick. Like It becomes kind of ridiculous, right? especially when you're traveling to bachelor and bachelorette parties and then you have to travel to a wedding. It adds up really, really fast. One of my wife's friends had like one summer where she had to spend like 30 grand or something like that on wedding travel and gifts and everything. (laughs) It's freaking crazy. So I don't know. I feel like it's so deeply ingrained that it's hard for me to see them completely going away. Yeah. Some data compiled by the journal shows that gift giving is on the downtrend, it appears, at least for now in recent years. This is cool. On the invitations platform, Evite, some 33,000 invites or 4% of the total this year included the words no gifts or no presents. And that's up 18% year over year. Nice. Also, about a third of consumers surveyed for the journal said they're more likely to skip events this year to save money on gifts. Wow. Uh, and this all makes sense, right? You spoke about how expensive it is. It's crazy economic times right now. Inflation's way up. Job losses in some areas, particularly in tech, are piling up. The banking system is teetering, as we've discussed. And according to a survey from The Knot, a wedding planning site, in 2022, guests spent $470 on average just to go to a wedding. Think about the transportation, babysitting, attire, And that included, according to the data, $160 on a gift. Wow. So no gift is an easy way to save money, right? Yeah, to your point, like the traveling that goes along with the wedding and everything like that. Right. It's not so hard to see how it could almost come off as out of touch. At the same time, though, at least for weddings, I do think one of the points of having a whole huge registry is giving people the option of like spending a lot on something or very little. But totally. It's an interesting trend. Very interesting. I'd love to see a visual depiction of this trend in a great business newsletter. Maybe we should uh, look into that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Artwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have an awesome Tuesday. See you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.